Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name is Stuart Cutler. It's my privilege to be the minister here. Don't forget to like and share our services with your friends. You can catch up with all of our services anytime on our YouTube channel, our Facebook page or on our website st-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk where you can also find out about everything else that happens. You can listen each week by telephone. Just call 01698 755533 and that's the price of a local call. Over the past weeks we've been following Matthew's Gospel, this story of Jesus. We continue straight on from the passage we explored last week about how to sort out a problem. It's Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you seventy-seven times. For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell to his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seized him by the throat, and said, Pay what you owe. Then this fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and went and reported to their lord all that had taken place. Then his lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger his lord handed him over to be tortured until he should pay his entire debt. So my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Forgiveness. It's really hard. Peter goes big in his question to Jesus. How often should I forgive? Like seven times. He's aiming high. Seven times. That's ridiculous. That's way beyond giving someone a second chance. Why would you forgive someone seven times? You can imagine his face when Jesus tells him that 77 times would be more like it. 77? Why would you do that? Why would you give anyone that many chances? Why would you subject yourself to someone's bad and hurtful behaviour like that? Remember, this passage follows on from last week and the week before. You can go back and catch up on our website anytime if you missed it to see where we started. This has been a long conversation about how to live together in community. But it started with Peter finally realising who Jesus really was. The Messiah, the Son of the Living God. He's rewarded by being the rock, the foundation of the church. And Peter is told that whatever he binds on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever he looses on earth will be loosed in heaven. Those words come back again today. 
this whole section from the end of chapter 16 all the way through to today in chapter 18 is about what this means, binding and loosing, letting go and holding on. But there's a context. Last week Jesus gave us a three-step conflict resolution plan. You try, but within a context and a process. Witnesses and consequences are part of that. It ends with something like, you're always welcome here, but for now you can't stay. You'll be held, but at a safe distance. Each day I, along with many, many others, get an email from Richard Rohr. Richard's a Jesuit priest and author of some brilliant books. The email is his daily reflection. There are a few days when his thoughts are anything less than inspiring and profound, but even though I know that, I don't always read them. Not every day. Sometimes I just bump past them because I'm too busy or in a hurry or I just can't be bothered or I forget. I almost did that today and I'm so glad that I didn't. The thought for Friday the 11th of September comes from someone I only recently discovered through the movie Just Mercy. The theme for this week is restorative justice and I'm going to share that whole thought from Friday with you. Brian Stevenson is a lawyer, social justice activist and founder of Equal Justice Initiative and the National Memorial for Peace and Justice in Montgomery, Alabama. In his book Just Mercy, A Story of Redemption and Justice, he makes the case that it's distance, physical, social and spiritual, that allows injustice to flourish. Proximity to one's neighbour, and remember, we're all neighbours according to Jesus, is what turns our hearts toward love and restorative justice. Stevenson writes, about his first interaction with an inmate named Henry on death row. Two men, exactly the same age, one studying at Harvard Law School, one condemned to die. Henry asked me questions about myself, and I asked him about his life. Within an hour, we were both lost in conversation. I had no right to expect anything from a condemned man on death row. Yet he gave me an astonishing measure of his humanity. In that moment, Henry altered something in my understanding of human potential, redemption and hopefulness. Proximity has taught me some basic and humbling truths, including this vital lesson. Each of us is more than the worst thing we've done. My work with the poor and the incarcerated has persuaded me that the opposite of poverty is not wealth. The opposite of poverty is justice. Finally, I've come to believe that the true measure of our commitment to justice, the character of our society, our commitment to the rule of law, fairness and equality, not be measured in how we treat the rich, the powerful, the privileged and the respected among us. The true measure of our character is how we treat the poor, the disfavoured, the accused, the incarcerated and the condemned. We're all implicated when we allow other people to be mistreated. An absence of compassion can corrupt the decency of a community, a state, a nation. Fear and anger can make us vindictive and abusive, unjust and unfair. Until we all suffer from the absence of mercy, and we condemn ourselves as much as we victimise others. The closer we get to mass incarceration and the extreme levels of punishment, the more I believe it's necessary to recognise that we all need mercy, we all need justice, and perhaps we all need some measure of unmerited grace. 77 times speaks of that measure of unmerited grace. But it's no easy thing. Remember the writer of Matthew's Gospel, this story of Jesus we've been working our way through, tells us that Jesus has come to perfect the law, not to do away with it. Jesus wants to show us how to live out the law in its fullest. When instead of punishing those who kill, we seek instead to make peace before anyone is ever harmed. 
To do that is costly and risky and often painful. It requires us to give much of ourselves. As Brian Stevenson discovered, to truly to have justice, we, we have to open ourselves not only to those who have been convicted, but to our part in creating a society which allows the imprisonment of fellow humans in situations that, if we were faced with them, they would appall us. Stevenson's a lawyer. He understands that part of sentencing is punishment, that people have done wrong should expect some form of punishment from the state. Jesus says exactly the same thing. The wicked slave in the story is handed over to be punished. He's punished because he had no mercy, not because he asked for his debt to be repaid. A lack of proximity allows us to talk about people running away from war and famine and extreme poverty as illegals. People aren't illegal. Crossing the English Channel, the busiest shipping lane in the world, in a plastic dinghy, isn't illegal. It's desperate. And just to clarify, seeking asylum here isn't illegal either. We can only make statements like that because we're so far removed from the suffering of other people. Forgiveness is about justice. And justice is about love. Forgiveness isn't about just forgetting what's happened and pretending it doesn't matter. Binding and holding on is about working it through, about taking responsibility, about recognising the harm done and the impact that that has on the victim, the community and the offender. What if the torture Jesus talks about in this is the torment we all suffer when we know that we've done something wrong? The pain that we all feel, the anguish, the consequences when we're cut off from the people we love, and from the community that we belong to. We all know how much that hurts. The people Brian Stevenson works with, some of them have done awful things. And have had awful things done to them, both in the lives before their imprisonment and sometimes in the treatment the state imposed on them. And yet in this decision to bind to them, to be in close proximity, to keep going back, change happens. Change to them and change to him. 77 times. Is that how long it takes us to change? Is that how long it takes to right a wrong? I wonder, how many chances would you want? How many chances would we need? We read the story last week of the 99 sheep and the one who wanders off. What if that sheep only had one chance? Surely it would want more. Surely the shepherd would continue to look for as long as it takes 77 chances. That's how much grace and mercy and love takes. It's not easy, it's not soft, it's hard and it's difficult but it restores us to community with each other. It gives us the opportunity to say sorry and to mean it, to be forgiven and for that to be accepted and a new relationship begin and flourish. It's not about forgetting, it is about forgiving. As God forgives us, so we should forgive others.
God of grace, your love created the universe and all that it contains. Earth, air, fire and water, the traditional elements of all life. Every part of creation made from the same tiny atoms of life-giving energy. Each one made with love. You give us so much more than we deserve. And you ask only that we love you in return. You give us free will, which allows us to choose to say yes or no to your love. Merciful God, forgive us for those times we choose to say no. Help us to desire to say yes. Father, you promise to forgive us, to restore our relationship with you when we turn and say yes to your love. You invite us into a relationship and desire us to play our full part in it. You also ask us to treat the rest of creation just as you do, with love and mercy. You have given us a great responsibility over all creation and too often over millennia we have failed to act wisely. We have been greedy and selfish and forgotten to care and share all that creation gives us. Merciful God, forgive us. Help us to seek to be better co-creators and to make the changes we need to so that our world can flourish as it should. Your Son, Jesus, has left us the example we can choose to follow. Give us the courage to want to choose his path. In his name we pray, as we join in his words. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Forgiveness is hard to receive and often more difficult to give. As we close this time of worship, know that God can cope. 77 times is a lot of forgiveness and it's yours and it's mine. So receive it and go on. Go on into this new week forgiven by God, loved by Jesus and led by the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you.